Hello, Texans, and welcome to the program that takes you inside NRG Stadium. We'll have Texans training camp live tomorrow, 8 to 10 a.m. on the field. Sports Radio 610, Sean and Seth, 6 to 8 in the loop, 10 to 2. So we'll continue the training camp coverage after a day off today for the players. And I thought we'd begin this first segment. By the way, I'm Mark Vandermeer, voice of your Texans. Let's begin here with some guys who are working super hard and have worked super hard to get any opportunity they've been given in this league. Not that the stars and the starters don't work hard. Some of these guys are starters, sort of. But these guys have great stories. And Brandon Dunn is one of them. He's the first one in. How about this for Brandon Dunn? You're used to him now, in a good way. He started 10 games last year at nose tackle. Might have started more, but sometimes they open up in sub packages. Brandon Dunn was signed as an undrafted free agent by the Chicago Bears. He was released six times between the Bears and the Texans before finally catching on as a regular contributor. Think about that for a moment. Six times released, six times signed to the practice squad between the two teams, and then finally the Texans signed him to one of those reserve future contracts in 2017, and the rest is not quite history because it's only a couple of years as a full-time contributor for Brandon Dunn, but he's still looking to make a difference, still looking to make an impression on the coaches and doing his thing at training camp. And I asked him about the difference between this camp and the Greenbrier last year. Uh, man, I mean, it's actually pretty good. Um, I was talking to some of the players, man. It feels like uh, outside of practice, it's more relaxed camp. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It's not so much of a times at the Greenbriars. We had to hop in, you know, vans to get here in places like this. We hear from we hear from 6:30 and we don't leave at 7:30. That's perfect. And we go home, we relax. You know, we know we know we got to handle practice, whether it's inside or outside. But camp in Houston, I think it's going to work out good for. Us. I think it's a plus. What about the bonding aspect of it? You as a D lineman, you guys are a very tight group. But the yeah. rest of you guys, can you get that done here the same way you did it last year, the year before? Oh, for sure, we surely can. Uh, we got some of the obviously, you know. You know our group. We got most of the guys coming back. Uh, we know each other. We play well with each other. Uh, but this year we we in Houston, so we all got to grind through this heat together. So it's a difference, and we all you know we all battling, and uh, we all here. You know, even though it's even though the campus in Houston, the bond is still good. We still bonding here. Uh, we have a, a, a bunch of time at, at the facility to ourselves to bond. You know, in meeting rooms and practice field, we do a lot of a lot of bonding on the practice yeah. field, trying to tell, uh, keep each other up in, in this heat when we outside. So, man, I think that aspect is getting taken care of here in Houston. What's the difference for you when you were inside the bubble as far as the surface or however you run practice? Uh, you know, it's always some pluses and you know some pros and cons to in, yeah. indoor and outdoor. You know, but um, I think mentally, it's all mental outside. You know, obviously, it's it's hot. But mentally, we can battle that. You know, like o, uh, Coach Obi said, you know, having training camp in Houston is, is a mental battle. Mental battle. And you can ask, you know, numerous people around the league, which he said. And most of them said, yes, it's a mental battle here. So I just think that aspect is all mental. And the, the heat, we'll, we'll fight through it. How do you treat the rookies? Because especially in the locker room with the DJ aspect of your job, yeah. which is not really your job, but yeah. it's your role, yeah. how do they handle that? Because do well, they have some, requests? I, well, they have requests. Some of, them, some of them get a little, you know, they get a little you know, strong with their requests. And I, I, had to, I got to let them down easy. I don't, wanna, I don't normally don't want to do that because I'm trying to, you know, pump energy into the team and get everybody going. But sometimes I got to step my foot on somebody's neck. You know, he's normally a, a rookie, so you know, I, I, that that's the downside of it. But other than that, man, I'm, rookies is cool. They work hard, especially the ones in our in our group. So they don't really ask for no music requests. So they they honestly they tread on thin ice because they can get fined. Thanks a lot for joining us. Good luck. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Next up, one of my favorite players in the business, Jolton Joe Webb. I gave him that nickname. I don't think it's caught on at all, by the way. Joe Webb, in his 10th year out of UAB, was drafted by the Vikings as a wide receiver. The initial training camp of his career, they convert him to quarterback. He plays special teams mostly now, but he can play QB. He can play receiver. He can do a lot of things. And I asked Joe about this year's camp versus previous camps. Uh, it's a lot smoother. You know, uh, I've been in the system for a year, so I kind of know, you know th- what's going on. You know, and I can play faster. And uh, nah, it's different, you know, being here in Houston. It's a lot hotter than Greenbrow, but for the most part, it's been good. You do just about everything on this team, Joe. So what meeting rooms do you spend time in, and how do you budget that time? Because i got to imagine there's some conflicting meetings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I always in special teams meeting. You know, quarterback meetings, you know, whenever I'm not in special teams meeting. You know, I get with the receiver coach, you know, seeing what type of tips I need from, on that end. So uh, it's kind of like second nature now. I've been doing it for a couple of years now, so it's kind of like second nature. What is the difference between this offense, learning it, and some of the other offenses you've been in in this league? Uh, it's a lot different. You know, uh, we do different different variations, you know, of plays uh, compared to the other places I've been. Uh, you know, it's, it's, of course, it's spread offense. You know, uh, you, can, you can see the different different type of, you know, things that we're doing just by watching us practice. And, you know, I, I mean, it fit me perfect. What about Deshaun Watson? What can you tell me about him being around him a couple of years now? What kind of guy he is? He's a great guy. You know, he's a great leader. You know, he, he focused at practice, you know, laser focus. You know, he always trying to find ways to get better. You know, he always asking coaches, you know, questions, you know, how can I get better in this area? You know, trying to always con- consistently learning the defense. You know, for him to be, a, you know, a early, a young quarterback in this league, you know, I, I really have seen him grown over the next, over the year that I've been here. So, uh, he, 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 you know, this one of his better camps, you know, since I've been here. How do you beat the heat in training camp? How do you handle it? Uh, well, first we got the cooler we could get in, <laughs> a big oversized cooler. Uh, you know, staying hydrated, you know, uh, not only while you at practice, but, you know, when we get done with practice in the meeting rooms, you know, constantly drinking water, Gatorade, and, um, you know, just prepare your mind mentally, get ready for the heat. Joe, going on a decade in this league, what's the secret to staying around? What do you tell the young guys? <laughs> uh, take care of your body. You know, your body is your temple. You know, how, how what you feed your body is what it, get, what it put out. You know, so you take care of your body, you know, it's going to take care of you. Thanks a lot. Good luck. Uh, thank you. Joe Webb, you've heard of him. Third-string quarterback on this team. Fun to watch him make plays in a variety of ways, and he's got to keep that special teams prowess going. Now let's go to a guy who thrived on special teams last year. A.J. Moore led the team in special team stops. He's making his way as a safety, and he's making an impression. Bill O'Brien sometimes mentions him without having to be asked. That's high praise from the coach, usually D.P. Sidhu visited with A.J. Moore. A.J., you're having a great camp so far. The other day, Bill O'Brien said he could talk about you all day. You come out here, he said, you bust your hump, you do whatever you're asked to do. How have you felt these first few days of camp? My main focus has just been come out and just doing my job. If everybody just do their job, everything will be okay, and that's what I try to do, and that's pretty much it. You've been getting a lot of interceptions, I see, in team drills. Have you been doing anything differently this offseason to train for, for camp and, and for the upcoming season? Most definitely. Uh, me and my twin, C.J. Moore, he plays for the Lions, and um, we both uh, worked a bunch on ball drills, DB drills during this offseason together. 
Yeah, your twin, he's an identical twin, right? Yes, he is. Okay, and he is trying out for the line, so he'll be here in a few weeks. He will, he will. That's, that's going to be fine. Okay, is he worried about the heat at all? Have you warned him? I know he's also from Mississippi, but it's a little different than practicing up in Detroit. Right, but, I mean, that Mississippi heat, still, he's still used to it, so he'll be fine. All right, this time last year, you were actually in New England. Okay, so you start off with the Patriots, mm-hmm. and then you join the Texans. You led the team in special teams tackles yep. throughout yep. the season. How, how was that experience for you? starting off with the Patriots and then coming here actually when the season had already pretty much begun? Uh, the, the experience has been amazing. Uh, I learned a bunch while I was up there. And when I came here, my main focus was just to just hand, uh, be a role player and uh, do what I'm asked to do. And special teams were my way. And I just wanted to be the best at that. And, you know, I was blessed to, to be that, to be the best. Bill O'Brien talks about how special teams is what's going to get you on the field. So right, right. him coming here, was that just a really good fit for you that, that that's what you want to do? Or was it a little bit of both? Like you come here and then you sort of found that that was your niche as well. Uh, uh, special te- I love special teams. I mean, and so if most guys sometimes don't want to play it, but I love to be out there and I, I have fun doing it. So that's what I do. How do you feel about this DB group? It's a little bit different this year. you got some new guys. You've got some returning guys from last year. How has that chemistry been on the field when you're out there on defense? Uh, it's definitely a new group, but I feel like we're definitely uh, we're bonding well. We have great chemistry, and we're just getting better and better each day with each other. So you played 16 games for the Texans last mm-hmm. year, and then Bill comes out and says that you're busting your hump every day. What's changed in your approach to the game? You've Obviously, you're not undrafted anymore. You've played at the NFL level, but you know what is it inside of you that's driving you at this time of year? Um, well, first of all, to just keep doing what I'm doing on special teams and to, um, to just I wanted to impact more on defense, to just help my team out and just uh, handle a role on defense, whatever they ask me to do. All right, good stuff. A.J. Moore having a great camp. Thanks for joining us. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. It's hard not to root for a guy like A.J. Moore and also hard not to root for Stephen Mitchell, who's out of USC, started out with the Rams, ends up here late last year with a Jags game, big pass interference penalty, opens the doors, the Texans score their go-ahead touchdown, thanks in large part to the penalty drawn by Mitchell, did not make the catch, still is looking for his first career catch in a regular season game. But Mitchell, fun guy to listen to. We talked to him about getting here, making the big play, the adjustment. It all went so fast. Honestly, when I got here, um, it didn't hit for me just because I was my first time never living in L.A. I've been in L.A. my whole my whole life, going wow. to USC, getting drafted by the Rams. And when they cut me and I came out here, it was, it was definitely new for me. So it kind of caught me off guard. But D-Hop is one of my favorite receivers ever to watch. So... That definitely, you know, eased, eased, the, eased it a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was that like walking in? And look, you play USC. It's not like you haven't been around stars yeah. and, and players of that yeah. magnitude and maybe even stars of a different magnitude. Yeah. But what was that like meeting a guy that you value as much as Hop? What was that like meeting him? Man, it was, it was very humbling um, because he honestly is one of the coolest guys on the team. When you hear top guys like that, um, they typically have a, a chip on their shoulder. He has no chip whatsoever. He actually is very helpful on the field and off the field. So it was very loving. Steven, last year you get on the field for one huge play. I don't know that people remember that much. And we talked about it during the break of the game. Like, yo, he just came in and drew one of the biggest pass interference. What was that like to come in and just impact the game? Even if it's for one play, that's a huge impactful play that you were able to make. To put on that jersey, um, I remember that day. I actually went to the bathroom and just stared at myself for like to five minutes straight because <laughs> um, I was like man like, like like I'm finally on the 53 but 
that would have been a, a, a great play if I actually would have, you know, caught that touchdown on my first play ever. So yeah. I loved making that pass interference. So felt good. Just to make an impact. Yes, sir. To be able to make an impact. What's it like? I mean, the Rams obviously are part of your career yes, already. Sir. But what's it like having the Rams back in L.A.? You're an L.A. guy. Man, that that was that was something else. That was something mm-hmm. else. Um, just being out there, like I had fans just before I even went to the Rams. So yeah. I already knew, you know, it was it was going to be a, a real great experience. Um, the Rams, they're they're a great team. Um, and I know, you know, all of L.A. loves it, you know, right. even the Chargers. They're an amazing team as well. So it's going to be a lot more traffic, though. So Yeah, well, that's yeah. just part of life out there. Yes, it Are is. you a Laker fan? I'm a LeBron fan. Okay. Oh. So what, you follow wait, LeBron? Wait, wait, wait. Wait a second. You're not a Lakers fan. You're a LeBron I'm fan. I'm a LeBron fan. So you were rooting for the Cavs last year? Yes. Okay. So yes. no. So what team then are you going to follow? Whatever team LeBron is with? Yeah. Okay. Yes. All right, Stephen. Yes, Thanks sir. a lot for joining us. Thank Good you luck. for having me. Appreciate it. Stephen Mitchell, part of a big group of receivers looking to make an impression behind the big three. I call them the big three. Are we allowed to do that? I mean, have they earned that yet with DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller, and Kiki QT? I think they want that. Maybe they haven't voiced that, but I'm going to say they want it because if they all stay healthy, that's going to be fun to watch. But also fun to watch is these guys like Stephen Mitchell and Johnny Dixon. Now, those guys are rookies, Johnny Dixon and Floyd Allen and Tyron Johnson. Stephen Mitchell actually has a little bit of experience in this league, but they're all trying to make this squad prove themselves on special teams, prove themselves as wide receivers, hoping for an opportunity, even if it's not here. And that's why when you watch the preseason games, by the way, a week from Thursday night at Green Bay, check it out, ABC 13, and you can stream it on the app, and you can listen to it right here. It's all going to be fun to consume because the stories to me in the preseason are not, how does Watt look? Is he going to play at all? How does Hopkins look? I don't know if he's going to play. I know Watson will play a little bit. But the whole point is it's the underseason. It's the pre-work that this team is doing to determine who belongs on on that 53-man roster. And that's why you want to look at guys like Steven Mitchell. Anyway, I mentioned underseason. It makes me think of Underbelly, the former restaurant of Chris Shepard, who now has Georgia James Steakhouse, among other things, like one-fifth with Whitney Merciless. Anyway, he's going to join us later on in the show. A little snippet of a podcast I did with him. You want to stay tuned for that. Also, next up, and thanks to the four Texans we just heard from, but what about Jordan Akins, one half of the Jordans, as he is putting on quite a camp so far. And Neil Reynolds, you've never heard of him probably, but he covers the NFL for Sky Sports. What is going down in London with this league? You're going to be surprised about some stuff he has to say. It's all coming up on Texans Radio. Great to have you listening to Texans Radio. We're inside NRG Stadium. It's a day off for training camp, so let's catch up on some of the activity of the Texans who had some time to recharge, to regenerate. Coach O'Brien called it regen, and I'm stealing that term. When I go home to the wife and the kids and I need some time to stare at the television set, I'm going to say it's time to regen. That's it. Use it yourself. Feel free. All right, Jordan Akins, he is having quite a camp. Look, it's early. I'm not going to oversell it, but it looks good. In year two, remember, half of the Jordans. Now, Jordan Thomas has been nicked up a bit. Dr. Vandermeer says he'll be back soon enough. That's my own personal medical diagnosis. I don't know if it's right or not, but he's he's walking around. So uh, I would hope for the very best there. But Aikens, anyway, 
looking very good in these practices. And D.P. Sidhu visited with him after a recent padded practice in which he made a couple of great grabs. I know it's training camp, but how exciting is it to, to be making plays like this every day? Um, it's very exciting. You know, you put in a lot of work in the all season, and, you know, we come together in training camp, and just the connection between me and D4, you know, um, I think we connected more off the field, you know, this past season, and, you know, it's showing on the field. Yeah, it's definitely showing the chemistry you two have, have had, and Deshaun even talked about developing that chemistry. He said he did a lot of things with you guys off the field to do that. What sort of things were you guys doing? Man, we were bowling, you know, we were eating, just hanging out, you know, getting to know each other. He invited everyone to his house, you know, for holidays and things like that. And, um, you know, really just getting to know each other, um, you know, getting comfortable around each other. So we can just get that connection, you know, have that one accord um, on the field and off the field as well. How has that helped you on the field to get to know a guy off the field, to sort of get to know him outside of football? Uh, it's just building trust. Um, when you find out who a person is on the um, off the field, uh, it makes you more comfortable on the field. You know you can trust him. You know you can rely on him. And you know you can, you know, he'll make a play for you or get a block for you. He'll have your back, basically. I know we were talking about in the offseason blocking and getting better at blocking. You said that'll really show once the pads come on. The pads have come on. It's been a few days. How do you think that you've developed in that area? I've developed a lot in blocking. Um, I can develop a lot more. I'm still kind of new to the tight end position. So, you know, I'm just learning. I'm learning a lot from Fells and uh, Jarrell Adams as well. He uh, has really good footwork and hand placement and blocking. And, um, you know, it, it's starting to show off a lot. I mean, show a lot. And, um, you know, I'm uh, knowing my side adjust and, you know, the fronts of the offense and just learning the whole all-around offense and being able to move however they want me to block or spread me out, run routes. Is um, starting to pay off. Did you do anything different in the off season to get better at blocking? Did you train differently? I train a lot differently. Um, I'm usually like inside, um, you know, going hard on turf and, you know, uh, building my muscles, trying to, you know, build up my breath, um, my conditioning basically. But this year it was more like outside. Uh, I was in Georgia. My family's in Atlanta, so I trained in Georgia. And Atlanta heat is basically like this, more humid. And um, I ran a lot, um, blocking working on hand placement, footwork, and, you know, the whole nine, I just train my body to be tough in the heat. All right, how about you and Jordan Thomas? I know every time he talks about you, he's got a different nickname. It's like peanut butter and jelly, <laughs> thunder and lightning, <laughs> JT and Ake. What's that relationship like? You guys are, are you guys very similar or very different? It seems like you guys are different, but you get along so well. We're very different, but we're very similar in a lot of ways. Uh, he's very goofy. I'm very goofy. Uh, he keeps me going. Um, you know, like, he, he calls peanut butter and jelly. I call it thunder and lightning. But, you know, uh, either way. Wait, which is thunder and which is lightning? I'm the lightning, baby. I, I got the feet. You know, JT, he got the power. That's a big boy. That's okay, who's boy. the jelly? He's a jelly because, you know, this peanut butter right here, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're all protein, all right. <laughs> all protein. What's the dynamic like in this new revamped tight end group? Um, everyone brings something different to the table. Um, Fells is very, very, very intelligent when it comes to football. Uh, his football IQ is out, out the roof. Um, he teaches me a lot, just simple movements um, as far as the head, the feet, the hands, just giving eyes. Uh, uh, Kale, he's coming along. You know, um, he's very smart as well. He's catching on to this offense way uh, quicker than me and JT did last year. And uh, he has a lot He has a lot of skill sets that, uh, all of, like I said, all of us have different skill sets. But, uh, you know, Kale pretty much, like once he gets a down pack, he's going to be pretty good. Um, but we, we feed off each other, we compete off each other, and we make each other better. All right, love to see it. Thank you so much, Jordan. Thank you. Jordan Akins, tight end for your Houston Texans. Now, remember, you still have Jordan Thomas, who's nicked up right now. Kahale Waring has not practiced yet, but he's been working out on a side field, doing a lot of stuff. So 
Hopefully, he'll get out there soon enough. Now, let's get to this. Let's go overseas. The Texans will travel to London this year to take on the Jacksonville Jaguars, who play a game there every year. Neil Reynolds covers the NFL for Sky Sports, and he says the NFL is hugely popular in Europe, much more than you might have thought. So I had a chance to catch up with him. First of all, I asked him about what he does, just so we could get a little intro with him. I'm the anchor of Sky Sports coverage of the NFL. We, we show Thursday night football. We show three games in their entirety live on Sunday nights with a studio. We're on air for eight or nine hours live every Sunday night. Um, we are uh, showing Sunday night football, Monday night football as well. So Sky Sports is pretty much the home uh, for the NFL in the UK. I also um, edit all the game day magazines that sell around the games in, in London. So at the moment I'm on a, a training camp tour interviewing players and coaches from the teams that are heading over uh, to London. Um, so yeah, this is day three for me. It's good. What was it like when you got introduced to the league, to American football? How did you fall in love with it? So for me, it's I go way, way back. So I was just watching on, on Channel 4, which we only had four stations back in the 80s in the NFL um, and a, a rookie, a curly-haired rookie by the name of Dan Marino came off the bench in a game against the Oakland Raiders and, and the commentators were making a fuss and that was me hooked. I just loved everything about it. Um, I, my, my, I never studied anything other than the NFL. My parents were telling me to study properly in school and I only wanted to learn uh, stats and rosters, but I've made a career out of covering the NFL for, for well, since 91 now, full-time. So it's been fantastic. How do you characterize how popular the NFL is in England and beyond? So it's, it's hugely popular. It's a hugely knowledgeable fan base as well. I think, um, you know, like I just listed all the games that we have on, mm-hmm. on, on British TV. Uh, you can get NFL Game Pass, so you can watch all the NFL Network programming. So really, you know, whether you're in Miami or Manchester, London or Los Angeles, you can watch the same programs. You can study the NFL the same way. So it's very, very knowledgeable, uh, very passionate. It's growing. And I think it's growing to the point where at least London is in the conversation for an NFL franchise. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. There's a lot of logistics to that. But London is kind of taken seriously as a, as a real place to potentially put a team. And that's why we've got four regular season games there is, is not to be sniffed at. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's always growing, but it's also very, very knowledgeable. If the logistics could be worked out, does it work? in Great Britain. Does does it capture the fan base the way it would need to to sustain an NFL franchise there? Yeah, so with the games, we're playing two games at Wembley Stadium this year. Mm-hmm. There's a season ticket base of 47,000 for those games, but the, they see 82,000 and they sold out within a couple of hours. We're also playing two games at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, which was built specifically for the NFL in mind. So it's got an NFL field under the grass field that the Premier League team plays on. So stadiums are there. There's a lot of government support. The fan support is there. So the last piece of the puzzle is the logistical side of it. So, um, but yeah, everything else is in place, you know, and games sell out within hours, literally within hours even even as we're like 10 11 12 years into this now um it's showing no signs of dying in fact it's becoming a hotter ticket than ever well we look forward to being over there thanks a lot for joining us thank you for having me neil reynolds of sky sports covering the nfl overseas and i think it's going to be a tough go logistically if you ever want an nfl team in london i think the nba has a greater advantage here because they could actually put an entire division in Europe. But here's the thing. You could do it, I think, if you sort of go two weeks on, two weeks off, and if they have a practice facility 
in the United States, maybe two. Maybe it's the Greenbrier, who knows. But something like that where they could fly there, practice during the week, and go play a game somewhere, that might work or obviously would help. Now, where it gets difficult is playoffs. Yes, indeed. To do a playoff game in London, you're not going to have the bye after that if you have to visit them. I'm sure they've discussed all these things around a conference room table and decided, you know what, let's wait a little longer. But maybe someday it happens. I think someday it will happen. It's bound to happen. The bigger, tougher challenge is China. And don't think they're not thinking about that. Playing a game in China, which you think the time difference is clunky in London, it is not easy in China, to say the least. But there's going to be football in China. There is football in China already, but I think there's going to be more football in China played locally, if you will, in the country. It's funny to say locally when you're talking about China, which is obviously massive, but it'll develop there. You have to take it there, though, in order to develop it further. Anyway, we'll save the international discussion for another day. Texans bound for London to play the Jags in November, and they'll get the bye after that to recover jet lag-wise. Coming up next... Among other things, Chris Shepard. Yes, the chef who has his stuff here at NRG. It's so delicious. Georgia James Steakhouse as well, one-fifth. We will speak with him. And Johnny Harris and I break down the running backs. It's really him doing it. I'm going to set him up. We're going to go rapid fire. That's all coming up, among other things, on Texans All Access. It's Texans All Access in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. So much fun to have you listening. So much fun to be in camp five days in, day off today. So day six tomorrow, even though it'll be seven days in. Oh, my gosh. Don't get me confused, Mark. Oh, I got another one for you because Thursday is going to be game week Sunday, meaning you'll have a game a week from Thursday when they visit the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. I've always wanted to see a preseason tilt at Lambeau. Look, I love the regular season games, but we only get one of those every eight years, so let's go on the preseason. Nice weather, great historic building. Maybe I'll have a little chance to look around. Probably will because we're going to be there for a few days. The team will fly out on Sunday, actually, and they'll practice with the Packers Monday and Tuesday mornings. We'll be live from the field on those days. Then they'll have a walkthrough kind of day on Wednesday Thursday, they'll play their preseason opener. And like I mentioned earlier in the show, so many great storylines, and we'll set them all up for you as we go. Every day at 9 o'clock, it was pushed a little bit today, but we try to do it at 9. We break down a different position group. Today was running backs. We've done wide receivers already. We've done defensive backs. We've done offensive linemen. But today was running backs, and it's an interesting group because you know you have the incumbent. You have a lot of potential in the rest of the guys but you don't have staying power and experience. You do on special teams, but you don't have the kind of experience you're looking for at the running back position. But that's okay as long as people can do the job. So can they? Johnny Harris and I broke it down with the help of some NFL music, and a guy who grew up in South Florida out of the University of Miami went first. Lamar Miller from South Florida. I think Lamar is one of the more underrated players in this whole league. I see so many fantasy things, and Lamar's down in the 30s. I just think he's so reliable. Yeah. I think everything that he does on the field, he can pass protect. He can run outside, inside zone very well. His vision's great. The last couple of years, he's coming to camp a little bit slimmer, and I think that's paid off when you see the burst. I mean, 97 yards last year against the Titans. Nobody caught him. I mean, another five yards of Dory Jackson might have, but 
I just think he's so reliable, what you want to have in this offense. When you've got three receivers like you have and you've got a tight end crew that's emerging, you've got to have a running back that can do different things. And I think Lamar Miller does as many different things. I, I just am more impressed with him day by day. And I know fans are like, oh, we need running. Lamar Miller is a quality NFL running back. And he passes that smart, tough, dependable. No question. That three-word yeah, must-have skill set. Well, really, it's more characteristics and everything else that this uh, coaching staff wants. Deontay Foreman, third year out of the University of Texas. <sighs> Can be anything he wants to be. Wow. Can be anything he wants to be. He is that talented. It's just a matter of what Deontay wants when. When he decides it's time then it's going to be really difficult to stop that guy because he's got speed, he's got pillow-soft hands, he's got size, he's got everything you want. When he decides he wants it, it will happen, and it will be scary for teams to face him. Josh Ferguson, who's been around the block a little bit in this league, third year out of Illinois. He's quick, 5'10", 205. My nickname for him is Sound Effects because he goes, (laughs) that's how he moves. He catches the ball very well out of the backfield. He's a guy that the Texans like coming out of Illinois in the draft. They weren't able to get their hands on him until last year, and then numbers didn't allow him to stay here. I think he ended up going to the Patriots for a little bit. When you see him, you're like, whoa, that guy's quick. Who's number 40? That's Josh Ferguson. He can scoot. I don't think he's never down back. I don't think he's a guy you want to put in outside-inside zone type things, but you want to get him the ball in space. If he can prove he can protect He's got an opportunity to be a third down back for this team. Taiwan Jones is entering his ninth year in the NFL out of Eastern Washington. He's not exactly a prolific ball carrier, right. but he's a special teamer. He's six feet, 195. At a minimum, he's a special teamer. But he's got some juice. Just watching him run the football, I, I would always forget about him thinking about the running backs. He can absolutely fly. He's a good veteran presence in the locker room to go along with Lamar Miller. I wouldn't be surprised if he end up he ends up making this team because he's got that veteran presence and he will contribute on special teams and he can fly. So you got some returnability there if you need it. Great storyline on this team. It's it's more of an under the radar type of storyline, but Buddy Howe, does he stick with the roster as a special teamer? He's a running back. Is he gonna get some carries this preseason? Probably a yeah. few, but what they really want to see is what these other guys do. So it's going to be interesting for him to see how he sticks around or tries to. How they divide up the carries for preseason is going to be really interesting to me. Yep. I'm really curious to see how that goes. I don't I think, need to see Lamar at all. No, I don't. Th- I, Lamar, I mean, yeah, not you're at right. all. I think you're right. I think Lamar may not play at all. I think you got to, you've got to, so many guys to try and determine what you're going to do. And Buddy's one of them. Buddy's one of them. I think he's a little bit slimmer than he was last year. I want to see what he does in live action because we've never seen him as a running back. The only reason I need to see Lamar is if I'm worried about pass protection because right. in the preseason now they're sending extra people. It's right. no longer vanilla. Defense. Exactly. So everything. I might need Lamar in there when Watson's in there just to make sure that I protect Watson, and that'll only be a few reps in the first game. Right. Uh, exactly. So we'll see how that shakes out. That's Buddy Howe. All right, next up, Demaria Crockett, rookie, Missouri, 5'11", 225. You've talked about this guy all offseason long. He's got great yeah. speed or had it before the injury. How's yeah. he looking right now? Uh, he ran a 4'4 at his pro day. He can move. I watched him run down on special teams the other day, and he was keeping up with A.J. Moore and Johnson Batamosa. I mean, he's flying. And he hits the whole heart. He's a big guy. I think he is going to make a, a really strong push in these preseason games to have eyes on him. Karan Higdon. Boy, he's a mighty might. I mean, when you see him, you're like, that's a gnat compared to you know, the, the rest of everybody else. But he runs between the tackles 
with abandon. Like, he doesn't back down from anybody. And I think the coaching staff likes that. But how much of a pounding can he take at a legitimate 5.859? Now, when you see yep. he's stocky, but he's not a flyer. But I don't need a fly. I don't need a guy that runs 4.3 running back. I just need a durable guy that will run between the tackles with good vision and power. Higdon does that. I think he's made an impression. I think these two rookies, Higdon and Crockett, have made a significant impression on the coaching they staff. They are going to have to do something on special teams. I don't even know what, but it's going to be something. Oh, we got one more, right? We got the fullback. Yes. All right. Yes. Colin Gillespie up. Yes. From Katie, from Aggieland. What do you think? How much is this guy loved in Aggieland? The Texags did a documentary on him. Yeah, it was tweeted out yesterday. Yeah, tweeted out yesterday. So uh, I want to I go see that, talk to him about it. It was funny. He just kind of played it down, as rookies probably do. He's really interested to me from a number of different angles. Because when you run fullback, he's as good a pass protector as Lamar Miller is. Mm-hmm. Just watching him pass protect the other day, he's brilliant. Some of the other running backs were, ugh. he's going against bigger linebackers, and he's doing a really good job holding up against That'll him. That'll get him on the field. And he's got good hands. And he runs in the four fives. In the preseason, yeah. he'll get so him on the field. He'll go on all four special teams. I think he's going to make this team because of the Swiss Army Knife capabilities that he has. I'm excited for him to see what he's able to do as a rookie and beyond. There we are from this morning breaking down the running back position. And it's at this time I remind everybody that Arian Foster at one point was a practice squad player. That's right. Trying to make it on special teams. We always bring up Terrell Davis. When you're talking about running backs, and it's like this with a lot of NFL players, they come from all over the place. Not everybody's a first-round draft choice. Not everybody is Zeke. Not everybody is Saquon. Sometimes guys come from the woodwork, like Arian Foster did. Remember, in order to make a practice squad, you have to be released by somebody at some point. So he was there for the taking for any NFL team. Arian Foster was. But the Texans signed him to the practice squad, developed him, and he eventually became the best running back they've ever had. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Lamar Miller. I think he's super solid, and let's see what he can do in year four as a Texan. But I'm excited about some of the other guys we just discussed. And as Johnny and I said, special teams factor in heavily into who's going to get the playing time, who might make the roster. And here's the tricky part for the coaches. In the preseason games, somebody shines, but they're not going to make that top three, top four, whatever amount you're going to keep in the running back group, but you'd love to have them on the practice squad. Now their tape is out there. I mean, the preseason games, that's there for the world to see. Not everybody's going to see your practice stuff, of course, unless you have these joint practices and word gets out. But if a guy's been killing it in practice and he doesn't do much in the preseason games, it's a double-edged sword. You're thinking, oh, good, we didn't show him to the world. We can get him on the practice squad. The other part of it is, hey, why didn't he do well in the game? So you just have to do well in the game and take your lumps, take your shots, and take the risk of exposing a player. And the player's got to do his best because it's in his career's best interest that he shines for you or for somebody else. Anyway, let's get to this. This guy shines all the time. He is marvelous at what he does. Chris Shepard, he has food here at NRG Stadium. He has had underbelly. Now it's Georgia James Steakhouse. One-fifth, which he opened with Whitney Merciless. He's got a great charitable cause, Southern Smoke. i got to tell you, Southern Smoke is amazing. It helps out people in the restaurant industry. Now, I'm not going to play the whole interview. We sat down for a long time, Chris Shepard and myself, here in the studio. It's on a podcast on Vandermeer's View. It's on the website, HoustonTexans.com, or available wherever you can get fine podcasts. But I'll play you a couple of minutes here 
Chris Shepard here in studio. Let's hear from the master who was recently named the best chef on planet Earth by the Rob Report. Just amazing stuff. Here's an excerpt from the podcast. How did you get involved with the Texans? How did this originate? What were the seedlings of this? Players coming into the restaurant? How did that go down? It was Chris? tailgating. It was tailgating. Okay. It was tailgating. You know, coming to the games and tailgating and, and just being like, you know, someday I want to put some food in the stadium. Okay. You know, and uh, it just happened that I kind of, you know, talked to the right people. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know what? Yeah, this could work. This could work. Oh, it's working. And so, you know, we're, we're starting our sixth season. Um, as partners, and it's been a great thing. Uh, you know, we've tried, you know, we've done club level, we've done suite level, we did some on the on the main concourse. You know, it's just like what works and what's fun, and and where do we see our food at? And right. so, you know, it's given us the ability to, uh, you know, nobody said live in this box, which was really kind of fun. Yeah, I was like. We'd have a meeting every year, and they're like, what do you want to do? I was like, what do you guys want to do? (laughs) Like, whatever you want. So we would come up with fun things. But it's also, you know, the first year we did this, I came in, I was like, we're putting the goat and dumplings on the menu up here, and people are going to, you know, we sell so many of them at the restaurant, people are going to love it. And I was like, it's not really a game day food. (laughs) You know, it was kind of like, it was very humbling. Uh-huh. You know, because I, I would I, every time I'd see somebody go by, I'd be like yes, and then I'm like, oh, well, they didn't really do that much of it, you know. And okay. it's like, let's rework this. Mm-hmm. What did I want when I was sitting out in the parking lot for the game with my friends, throwing football around or whatever? What did I want to eat when I came in? And that was where we're at now. So, um, and that's that. You know, it was the, just that first year where I was like, I'm going to do the restaurant food, and I was like, yeah. no, we can take those in, in, interpretations. And and do it differently, you know. So um, this year is is going to be pretty special. So got some so, cool stuff. So what what can you share with us? So on the club level, um, you know, we've always been do we for the past three years we've been doing a jalapeno cheddar dog mm-hmm. with tater tot casserole, and I was like, you know what, we need to change that. And uh, the the team told me, that, you know what, you're gonna catch a lot of, of backlash on that. They like it. They love it, and so they're going to, you know, there's going to be mm-hmm. some people that will be like, where's that at? And I was like, well, if we're going to change it, we need to do something better. <clears throat> it okay. just has to, like, we can't, the one thing you don't want to do is go backwards. Right. And you don't want to stay the same. So we had to elevate that to a different place. And so um, one of the things we've been doing at the restaurant for a few years and had the conversation about how do we get it in here, and finally we figured it out. Um, but we make bacon sausage. Ooh. Which is the theory behind it is that we take pork shoulders, mm-hmm. cure them like bacon, so it has the flavor, grind, put into a casing, and smoke it. And so when you bite into it, it looks like a a sausage, if you will, or a hot dog, um, but has all the flavor of bacon, which... I think those will be popular. <laughs> yeah. Just a hunch. Well, we, we we started doing it, and I was like, man, I, I don't know. Like, that bacon thing is kind of... You know, too much, and then we made it, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, yeah, we, it's the best of everything." We got to do this, <laughs> and so it started a whole other business program for us, really. And so, um, but we've it'll be on this, it'll be on the club over this year, and then we're going to do a Texans cheesesteak, which is kind of our you know delicious sandwich that you want to have, mm-hmm. and then clo- or in sweet packages. There's going to be the PB and J wings, the bacon sausage hot dogs, and then one of the dishes from the book, which is kind of a popcorn shrimp idea. 
So it's a crispy shrimp, and then we make a popcorn butter, if you will. So it's like small shrimp. When you think of popcorn shrimp, you just – but then we're actually tying the popcorn into it. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I'm following, and yeah. it's good. And then a chicken and biscuit dish that is very popular. And then uh, we're going to bring some of the one-fifth Mediterranean. And Okay, so much going on. I remember once the Texans were playing the Bills. I was at Underbelly the night before, mm-hmm. and you said, yeah, I'm uh, making half a buffalo in the parking lot or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, we smoked a buffalo. Yeah. yeah. that's uh, <laughs> And they smoked the Bills the next day, so it, it all worked out. It was great. There's an excerpt from the podcast with Chris Shepard, named the world's greatest chef by the Rob Report. He has Southern Smoke. Go check out that great charity helping out people in the restaurant industry. And he speaks passionately about that. I urge you to listen to the entire podcast. Look, it's radio. We don't have time for all of that stuff. And it's a podcast world. It's a radio world. It's an audio world. That's my favorite medium. Yes. Of any kind, audio. All right, so a couple of things to get to about tomorrow. We're going to be back out on the field, 8 to 10 a.m., Sports Radio 610's Sean and Seth. What do they call Oh, Payne and Pendergast. Jeez, we have alliteration all over the place. They'll be out from 6 to 8. Then it's us, Johnny and myself. Then in the loop with Landry and Lopez. So we'll all be out on the field broadcasting as the Texans embark on day 6 of training camp and a week from thursday the opener against the packers 7 p.m live right here live on abc 13 you can stream it on your app all the games all year long by the way all year long on the app okay so when you're watching kiddo at the softball game you can have your phone and watch the game at the same time but don't miss any plays of the softball or baseball game and that's not really that hard to do really if your kid plays in the outfield don't get me started on youth league baseball now i know it's a passion for so many of you i don't mean to you know downplay it if my kid pitched or was a catcher i'd be all over it or first base any other position i'm not so sure all right stop i don't want to hear any complaints anyway have a great night everyone it's so great to have you listening we had a ton of players on i'm not going to name them all but thank you to everybody who contributed to the program tonight have a beautiful night go texans